0: Everyone, thanks for joining us
1: on the GYST podcast, where we discuss topics to help you get your shit together.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of your favorite podcast, the GYST podcast, also known as Get Your Shit, shit. Together. Well, ladies good. and gentlemen, that, that was, was good. good.
2: That was good. Uh,
0: so welcome to another episode. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Rohit Rohila. I am Kevin Barquess. And you've got Kyle Reed. So let's let's hop to it. So this episode um, actually started at lunch today. Yeah. The three of us were having lunch and we were, you know, as, as guys often do, we were talking about sports. Yeah, the best franchise in history. Uh, the Seattle Mariners? No. Seahawks no, definitely man, not. The, not the, the Mariners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh yeah, so we were talking about sports and and really we started talking about uh teams and more so than teams, the teamwork and just the different dynamic players that each team has and things like that. And then we start talking about okay, what are we gonna record tonight? And what we were talking about just so mimicked just teamworks that you see in the corporate environment. They were like, "Well, let's just turn that into an episode." And so that's what we want to talk about: is uh, what are some of the simple things that every team needs to succeed? And this is teams all across the board, whether it's sports, whether it's you know in the work environment, or or even friends. Like you know, friends become become a team. And uh, so a couple of things that I did want to point out is. Uh, by the time we're eight years old, eighty percent of your programs have already been developed. And so, when we talk about sports what or even programs, uh, ooh, good question. I'm surprised you don't know the answer by now. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, I'm still working on it. So, so programs just being uh, a behavior, uh, like a learned behavior from from certain patterns. Hmm. So, the example I always use is when you're a kid, you touch a hot stove and you and you burn your hand. That instantly becomes a program because later on in life, you don't think about that. You just know to avoid that because your brain automatically created a program saying if you touch a hot stove, it equals pain. And so by the time we're eight years old, 80% of those behaviors have already been learned. And so why I think that's important is so many times we, we talk about why it's so difficult for people to learn skills or you know if a, if a certain team is one way. And you want them to go in a different direction. Why does it take so long when it sounds like it should be something so simple? Well, that's because you are undoing or you're working on undoing all these years of programs that have always been there. And what I think is a is a crazier stat than that is what by the time you're four years old, you've already started falling into being a leader or a follower. Hmm. And so with that, Fellas, let's let's kinda of open it up. Um, I had a couple questions, but but I've got a, a question for you, Kyle, because and, and the reason for this is your favorite basketball player, Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And when he first came into the league, he, you know, slowly developed into the guy that he was, but you never really heard his name mentioned as like one of the one of the what am I trying to say, like like real superstars, even though he was like you would always hear like um, Shaq and and you know some some other people mentioned, but before him, mm-hmm. but, but he's always been consistent. And so, what do you think? What are the roles that people just naturally fall into? Because I think the role that he ended up with, it wasn't like he sought that role. He just kind of fell into it based off his seniority, his his versatility. Things like that. So maybe you can shed some light on that. What uh, Elaborate, though. What do you mean what? So
2: what exactly is the question? What role? The leadership role? Yeah. I don't know. I think he did seek it out. Oh. And I'll say this because I'm sure Kevin remembers this, the Utah game, the air balls, right? He wanted the shot. He wanted the ball. The 17, 18-year-old kid mm-hmm. playing for one of the most pres- prestigious franchises in history, right, with a superstar in his own right, Shaquille O'Neal, on the squad. Who had been already
0: whooping ass in Orlando for four years?
1: Yeah, four or, K- or five ten.
2: years. Yeah, yeah, something like that.
0: Shaq wasn't there when he was a rookie, though, was he? Absolutely. Not, not Shaq, but LeBron. Sorry, not LeBron.
2: Shaq was yeah. in LA, yes, when Kobe was rookie.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought yeah, yeah. he came later on.
2: Nope. He came first, and they drafted him. They, uh, Dr. Buss had an idea that he would compliment Shaq very, very well. The reason why they didn't get along is because I think, I don't think Kobe fell into the role. I think he was determined to have that role no matter what, at all costs. Mm. Um, I think he's stubborn. I think he's hard-headed. And I think that is what drove him to be the person he became. That's just my opinion. What do you think? I, I 100% agree with that <laughs> it, because
1: because Shaq was kind of the unspoken leader and Shaq yeah. Shaq was okay to a certain degree playing second fiddle to, to Kobe mm-hmm. as far as like being in the the highlight reels and, you know, being the the go-to, but Kobe did go in and he stormed his way through to make himself the face of the the Lakers yeah. franchise, which I mean, that's a pretty big goal Absolutely. to goal to have is to just walk in there and go take that over, but He he did it, and I think that there's different ways he could have gone about it. But yeah, (laughs) you know,
2: but you can't have it any other way. Michael Jordan was an absolute asshole. Nobody has good stories about Michael Jordan. You have good basketball stories about Michael Jordan. You don't have good humanitarian stories about Michael Jordan because he was an asshole. Wow, complete asshole. Nobody liked him. Not not even a lot of his teammates, I don't think. So a lot of people didn't get along with Kobe because he was going to succeed whether you liked it or not. You're either on board or you're off. Mm -hmm. Also, I think that's another thing you have to look at is in 1996, how many kids came out of high school?
0: 1996? Yeah. I've got the stat here somewhere.
2: Kobe Bryant, (laughs) Jermaine O'Neal.
0: Oh, that's how you Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, Oh, oh, a lot of big names that year. Yeah. Absolutely. But that
0: was,
2: at that point, it was unheard of for Mm -hmm. the most part. Now, it's all day long, right? So, for him to come out and be... Jermaine O'Neal wasn't looked at nearly as much that year, I think, because what the Lakers did to get Kobe, a kid out of high school, was kind of like, oh, what are they going to do? Is this even going to work out? Mm-hmm. Um, and for him to become the phenom that became, I think, I think was huge, right? So I, th- I think he had to do a lot of work to be put into that role. And I don't know. So when we talk about with this episode, simple things that every team needs to be successful – I think if you take a look at teams and what you think that a team would need to be successful,
0: mm-hmm. I don't think that a leader is the first thing that someone would think of. Really? Like what? Why do you think that? Because that's where I would start. So I, I was thinking of traits uh-huh. or in, in
2: actions, if that makes sense. Communication. But actions, commitment. you mean like what's the point of the team? No, 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 like things, actionable things, not a person like a leader,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? So a leader is not actionable. The leader takes action and executes all the actionable items. So I th- I think if you take a look, and it depends on how you look at it, right? So what does a team need to be successful?
0: You're asking me? Yeah. I mean, I, in order for, for a team to be successful?
2: You need a leader? Uh, yeah. You can't just have a bunch of people just providing input.
0: If it's whatever. one thing that I've learned from this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we can talk about that, you know, like when that may be a good thing too, you know. So Kevin, just to kind of fill you in and and some of the audience as well, when when the podcast first started, there are three of us, and even though the uh, the idea was mine, I wanted I wanted to to be all equal, you know, no leaders, you know, we we all just contribute and, and grow. And it wasn't till till you, Kyle, kind of pointed out that like, you know, look, we you still need someone to hold everyone accountable and, and to give a sense of direction. Yeah. And so that's when I kind of started stepping more into that role. But it was a role that I did not want. Um, I fought it very often. I I did not want this role. Yeah. Um. But it, but at the end, you know, for for the Batman overall, I, I think we needed one. And so that's why I, I think like looking back now. You know, if if we want to restart a GYST, right? Let's say we let us say it was it was given to each of you. You know, you you need to start your own podcast. It's personal development, whatever. It's it's exactly how you want it, to do it. I think you need someone now to be like, okay, if, if I'm going to put together the best team, these are the roles that we need. And so that's why I think you know starting with the leader mm-hmm. is is important because then you kind of have. Um, almost like a, a vision mm-hmm. to, to know where everyone's going to. Yeah. And so that's why, I, you know, when you had mentioned that, it kind of like struck me. Yeah. So talking
2: about it now, uh-huh. I originally looked at this a little bit differently because I thought about things like what does a team need? Not necessarily like what type of individuals in the team. Like a team, in order for the team to be successful, you need commitment from everybody. Mm-hmm. You need communication from everybody. Right. You need people to be able to, to partner, you need people to come into it with an open mind, things like that. So those are the types of things I thought. I wasn't on the thought track of, well, a team needs a leader to be successful, right? Mm-hmm. You, you need a clear alpha, where it looks like. Um, and however that person leads, well, it's up to that person,
0: <laughs> I suppose, right? Yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, I wasn't thinking necessarily on that track for
0: some reason. So, what do you think are, are the roles that people, Kevin, um, because you have a lot of leadership experience, um, because for several years you were a manager. So, you mm-hmm. are used to managing teams in the corporate environment. Why do you think some people, and, and what are those roles that people naturally fall into? So, I'm not saying like, you know, okay, we're going to elect a leader. Because when you have a team, you can see who's stepping up to that role, and you can see who's becoming a follower. Why do you think people do that, or, or what are some
1: natural roles that people just kind of fall into? Well, I, I think that there's a few reasons that all of that happens, and one of them dates all the way back to when you know kids are around eight years old, and they're already kind of going into that follower standpoint or the leadership path. Mm-hmm. Um You can see it in all of the different teams that I manage. You know, we work together, and a lot of the people on my team were there not necessarily because they wanted to, which, as a result, put them in that follower mindset. You know, they they were folks that didn't necessarily want to contribute. If I had it my way, you know, and I could handpick every person on my team, I would want people that are able to and willing to at least contribute to the the group cause so have some buy-in to the program that we're, we're trying to run people that want to be there people that are committed like kyle mentioned earlier people that have open and clear communication with the rest of the group because even in corporate america it takes everyone to have a successful team no matter what industry it is no matter what it is that you're doing no matter how big the individual goals are it takes a whole team to be able to move forward even for, the, for the, the highest or lowest person on the totem pole, everyone has got to be pushing in the same direction for the team to have success. Sports is a really good example of that. And uh, really quickly, um, do you want to let people know about
0: your involvement with sports as far as being a manager goes?
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, from a, a sports standpoint, I, I've managed a, a team of people in a soccer center environment. I have coached kids for a long time now. I, I coach both of my daughter's teams currently. Um, I've coached basketball and a variety of other sports. So I think that one thing that's taught me is, and, you know, we can even look at like the NBA since we've talked about that quite a bit already, is it really comes down to helping as a leader to find out what role everyone best fits in and helping them to excel within that role. A lot of times, especially coaching kids, kids don't know what they're good at you have you have to show them you know really okay this is what you're good at this is why you're here this is what you need to do and help them excel and grow and once they master that position or that skill or that component that they're responsible for whatever it may be then they can help to see how they fit into that into that puzzle once they've done that you can help them to grow further by giving them an additional additional task once they've proven that they can do whatever that task may be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you look at professional basketball, like we talked about uh, LeBron James earlier Mm -hmm. today and how he's done with the Lakers versus how he did with the Cavs and and even the, the Heat. I think that one thing that the Lakers don't have is a quality leader in place that's helped helped even the NBA players to understand their role on the team. Everyone has a role and everyone can't just fall into it in a game. It doesn't work that way. The coach has got to be responsible for making sure that these types of things are happening. Hey, you've got to do X, Y, Z things to be a valuable contributor to this team. Tyrone Mm -hmm. um, out in Cleveland he did that. He gave everyone a picture of what it is that their role should look like so that he really was the focal point, LeBron. But the rest of the team knew what their role was very clearly, and they excelled at it only because of that. I don't think Tyrone Liu is necessarily like the greatest coach in the Hmm. world, but he brought that team and turned them into a team when when prior coaches did not do that.
2: He didn't take LeBron's shit, neither. LeBron, True. he he gave LeBron pushback, yeah, and he earned his respect. Uh, I think early on, and I think, I mean, Laker talk specifically, right? We're talking here, LeBron and Luke Walton drafted the same year, right? <laughs> One of them is the greatest player in the world right now, currently. Right. Well, maybe not currently It's debatable, but you know, you could say that, and you know, Luke, hey, man, he was a ha- he was a fan favorite. Bill Mm Walton's son, right? Yep. Um, But he wasn't great. So I think that maybe if his coaching style and leadership style uh, didn't appeal to everyone on the team and your leader from a player perspective probably doesn't have a lot of respect for you as a basketball player in the past. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And is having a hard time respecting you as a coach, you're going to have conflict. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's good. I, and I wrote something down when we talk about leaders, right? I think the leader a lot of times shapes the team because the, the team will take traits from the leader. So I wrote with a whip or with a carrot, right? How do you lead? Do you lead with a whip or do you lead with a carrot? Do you reward good behavior or punish bad behavior or a little bit of both?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. How do you, how do you lead? Um I think that's something that will dependent upon the person it could either drive you or cause you to become more reclusive. <clears throat> Some people need positive reinforcement. Others need to be pushed and challenged and questioned. Yeah. When we talk about basketball players again, I'll go back to that. Kobe Bryant liked to be questioned. He liked to be doubted. Mm-hmm. Right? When people yeah. said you can't win without Shaq, he said, "Get Shaq the fuck out of here." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, that's. Yeah. He didn't get sad and go and say, "Oh, I'm not good enough." He didn't go cry to his mom. He said, "Fuck that! I'm gonna step to the plate. Uh-huh. I'm gonna show y'all that I can." Mm-hmm. Everybody who doubts me, I'm gonna prove you wrong. So I I think that some individuals will respond to that differently, and it's a leader's job to understand that.
0: And so, I'm um, that. That's a great point because one of the questions I have for you guys is, and I think this is a great segue is, why does excitement or the amount of involvement for each individual change with longevity as they're a part of the team? Mm-hmm. So, for example, everyone joins the team at the same time, everyone's super excited. A month later, you know, you start falling into these different roles, and two months down the road, you know, you can. Pretty much tell who's going to leave. Mm -hmm. You know why do you think that is? And, And what's what I think one of the reasons is is a failure on the leader's part to like what is by treating everyone the same. If you treat everyone the same, even though in theory it might sound good, in execution it's it's not good because you. And, and I've been on teams like that where where the manager will just treat everyone the same. Mm-hmm. And the people who are the top performers aren't getting the recognition or or the love, you know, And so they start losing interest. And the people who are not producing, they're like, well, if I'm getting the love as you know these top performers, why do I why need to do anymore? do anymore, you know? And so that's kind of interesting and and what I thought about that is, football versus baseball and i think when you when you talk about the managerial styles it's it's really interesting we're in seattle you know we've got perhaps one of the greatest nfl coaches of all times in in pete carroll Mm -hmm. and for baseball uh, we have scott service now there are different points you know, the mirrors have, you know, I baseball's my Why? my favorite. No, yeah. I know, but you uh, said we
2: have one of the greatest NFL coaches yeah. of all time. And, and for baseball, we have Scott, Scott Service. service. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> so the, not not a knock-on service at all. Tell
2: me how you really feel, But, right? um,
0: but the, one of the things that I love that the Mayors are doing right now is they have openly, for the first time in franchise history, said, for the next two years, we're going to be balls. We are going to suck. And that's obvious by looking at the M's yeah. right now. They're, they're holding up to their commitment. Yeah. <laughs> for the first time in a while. Yeah, but you know, like every year, like if you ask real Marriott fans, every year they'd be like, oh, we, we're going to make the playoffs for sure. And we're going to.
2: This is the year.
0: This is the year. We're going to trade away all of our farm system to bring in these top free agents. And it always bombs. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for the first time, they have proactively said, don't expect us to win for the next two years, mm-hmm. and it's so refreshing because now we can enjoy these new players and and you know, God, you just hope some of them would catch a ball every now and then. But um, <laughs> God, our defense is horrible. But but in any case, I I think it's it's the mentality that the manager who's the leader needs to have. In football, I gotta win every single game. Mm -hmm. that's the mentality I need to have. I need to win every single game because I only have 16 of these. Mm -hmm. And so the amount of decisions that you need to make is like boom, 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 one after another. But in baseball, it's it's a long-term play. There's 162 games. The goal in baseball is not to win every game, but it's to win a series. Win every series. series. And a series is usually about three games. So if I win two out of three... I'm good. You three win two out of five. three in football. You're sitting at about, you know, you're you're definitely not look. You know, you're not going to be there. You you might make the playoffs, but but you do that in baseball, and you're on fire. And so your managerial, the way you manage things changes. Where in baseball you think more long term. You know, every game is not make or break, but you think down the road. But in football, you, you don't have that luxury. And so with that, why do you think, when you're in a team, the the excitement changes, the, the involvement changes, where everyone starts on the same page, and then by, you know, a couple of months later
1: down the road, it, it separates? I think there's a few reasons, and you, you kind of hit on it earlier, is a lot of people leave a team because of the leader, usually the named leader, the manager, the coach, you know, whatever. Some managers, coaches, you know, name the leaders of the team, like Kobe, for example. They don't allow others to step up and have any type of leadership either. Because just because you're a leader by name doesn't mean that you can't be a... Or you can't allow others to actually lead within the group. Oh, almost like they're feeling threatened. Right. Right. Exactly. So... Our prior employer was a really great example. There were some leaders by by position that led with fear. If anyone tried to be a leader and you know, kind of take take a step forward, certain certain folks in that facility would stomp that down. You know, they were scared, they were afraid that, oh hey, no, you can't do that. Well, why not? It isn't part of your job to grow other leaders within the organization to make us all better.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. In theory, yes, that's how it should be, but that's not always how it works because people get scared. And then people on the team... Stay in your lane, buddy. Exactly, yes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And and people on the team, they feel that. Yeah. Because as a a named leader, you're being told, hey, no, don't do that. Well, now all of a sudden you're telling your team, no, don't do that. And, And... You know, unfortunately, that's kind of corporate America. Hmm. And I I don't think it's any one person's fault always when those types of things happen. But when you have a leader at the top that is more open to allowing others to lead from their seat, it creates a more positive environment for everyone because they're getting to not just be in their role, but to excel and to expand upon what their role actually is. I think I think I made sense there, but if, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> barely. No, <laughs>
2: kidding. No, it 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 does. I I think, and it really comes back. So a lot of the stuff you said, I think, also happens in childhood, is how a child is treated when he does something good or bad. Are you praised for something good? Did you get? Did you get money or rewards for good grades? Or was that the expectation and you got your ass whooped for bad grades? Now if you're an Asian household, we know the answer to that. Yeah. <laughs> right? You gotta whoop with a racetrack, you gotta whoop with a bell, whatever, a shoe, don't matter, right? Is that
0: a racetrack?
2: <laughs> racetrack, like a car racetrack? Yeah.
0: You never been whooped one of those? Wow. No, I I never got one.
2: Well, you didn't because, get good enough grades. Well, no. I,
0: I always wanted one like Hot Wheels and, you know, yeah, the, like yeah. the, the racetrack ones that, that you're talking about and stuff. Yep. But my dad, and this is interesting because, you know, going back to uh, self I am mean, not self-limiting but where you develop programs. And, and even to now, my, my dad still does this all the time when he'll look at a commercial and be like, it only works on the commercial. It doesn't work in real life. And so growing up, that was the program that I had created. So it wasn't until I became an adult where I oh. realized that was limiting me that I stopped doing that and fell in love with infomercials. But, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Christina and I will DVR infomercials. Like, we love them. Um, Are you a serial killer? I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, I, man. I don't get that reference anyways. But, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so that's why I never got one. That's crazy. I always wanted one, but my dad was like, it only works on the commercial. So I was like, oh, okay. The I electric
2: one or just the Hot Wheels one? The electric one. Really? Yeah. Like the... the... Yep.
0: <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> those are
2: great. Oh, man.
0: But I can't believe you got beat by one. That's awesome. Not
2: one of those. The Hot Wheels racetrack.
0: Oh, the... The, the yellow thing. The yellow Oh, wait, the orange.
2: Orange, the Orange. Yeah, whatever. You got... Oh, man, that must have hurt. Yeah, it didn't feel good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's folded in half. Wow, wow,
0: wow. That explains why you look the way you do, though. I know
2: I was hitting the butt Rohit. Oh, <laughs> that's Oops. what I was talking about too. Oh, oh, um, I I don't remember where I was going with this at all now.
1: But I'm gonna try
2: to get I'm gonna try to get it back, folks. I'm gonna try to bring it back. Um, See how good you are. Uh, yeah. So where I was originally going with it was I I think that how a child responds, they'll also respond that same way as an adult. Based on the type of leader that they work under, if they don't become a leader, and I think that also their childhood response will also dictate whether they become a leader or a follower in the future. As you kind of mentioned, it seems like it starts that that starts pretty young too. I think another thing that goes into it, you, because your question was essentially, what do you what do you think the difference is? Why do some people continue to commit and play at a high level? Mm-hmm. Regardless of whether it's a sport or a profession, um, and others don't. I think. I think it's about accountability, and it, that doesn't necessarily come from the leader. Only it comes from that individual themselves, right? Kobe wasn't going to be held accountable by Dell fucking Harris, or Kurt Rambis.
1: No, he wasn't. And as much <laughs>
2: as people say that Phil Jackson's the best coach in the world, he didn't hmm. fucking do much, right? He put He put a system, in, put uh, a system in place, and that yeah. was it, right? I don't know how much he held people accountable for things, right? He 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 didn't lead in that fashion. He was a very laissez-faire type of coach, you would say, I mm-hmm. suppose. So. I think a lot of that onus is on the individual. Mm -hmm. They are holding themselves accountable. They want to succeed. And if they don't like the leader on the team that they're on, then they'll become a leader somewhere else or they'll succeed for another leader. And that leader will continue to have a subpart team.
0: So here's a question for you guys now in terms of GOATS. Uh, greatest of all time.
2: Oh, I thought you meant like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> the big me goat. Well, you know So, I, I mean, I've been a sports fan for a long time. Goat used to be the worst player on the team. Really? And, and now it's like the greatest of all time. Like before they used to be like, oh, he's the goat, you know? But now it's the best. But <laughs> That might be like a baseball thing, possibly. The worst?
1: Yeah, hmm.
0: maybe. So, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, arguably the, the greatest of all times in their respective you know, he's the greatest Q of all time. He's the greatest manager of all yeah, time. Yeah,
2: best system quarterback of all time. Or they
0: in football, they call coach, right?
2: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, coach. Oh, I, you you're stuck on baseball lingo, manager. Yeah, baseball yeah.
0: manager. Um, so do you think that without the other, the other person would be the greatest of all time?
2: Doubtful. I mean, I think. I think that Bill Belichick would be more successful than Tom Brady would without the other.
1: Oh. Agreed. What about you, Kat? Well, I think it even goes up another level further with uh, Kraft, the owner. Isn't he the one with the the prostitution stuff? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but... And the reason why I say this is not because of the prostitution stuff, (laughs) but because um, he's given Belichick to go out and get players. Mm -hmm. He has given him the freedom to make mistakes. That's something oh. that every good leader should have the opportunity to do. Well, even you don't even have to be a leader yeah. to have freedom to go make mistakes, but I think that that is such a huge thing that not a lot of owners, not a lot of GMs will do. Um, I think that there's another factor kind of in play here. I think Brady's been given the opportunity to be as successful as he is because of the system that Belichick's got, but also... He has made really good decisions that have benefited him and his win totals because he hasn't gone out trying to get the max contracts. He really has em- embodied the the whole team mindset. And I was like, hey, I don't have to be the highest-played quarterback in the league. I'm going to settle for X, Y, Z amount. Has he or, ever whatever been, whatever actually? I don't think no, he ever no, has he, been, has he, he? He never has been. He's had the opportunity to be. Yeah. But he's even gone backwards on his contract to free up more money to surround himself with great players. Yeah. But Belichick and the the GM I don't even know who their GM is they've gone out and found either, players that, that will fit into their system. They don't go out and find problem guys no. and bring them in and you know oh you're awesome so we're gonna bring you here. They go find guys that can play a play a role, are gonna do 120 percent and hold themselves accountable. Belichick doesn't hold anyone accountable, at all. It's kind of kind of they like need themselves. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And as a professional athlete, I think it's a little bit different than someone that's out, you know, going pay, paycheck to paycheck, because they don't feel challenged enough to need to hold themselves accountable to anything other than showing up and sort of trying. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I, I think it's a whole different, two two hugely different. Ball games here. Three if you count baseball.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You you had mentioned um, Robert Kraft giving Belichick full autonomy, more or less, and the ability Mm -hmm. to make mistakes and still have confidence in his ability going forward. And it made me think of a quote that um, one of my mentors told me years and years ago was, If you're not making mistakes, then you're not making enough decisions. Mm. Mm -hmm. And really just the gist of it is you're going to make mistakes. It's okay. It means you're making decisions, Mm -hmm. but you can move on and you have another decision to make and you have a chance to be, make a successful decision. Um, and essentially it was me recognizing and accepting that all leaders make mistakes. And it's okay, and it's part of being a leader, and it's gonna happen. And you gotta just roll with the punches. Your first mistake is not the end of the world. No matter how it feels, it may feel that way. Mm -hmm. Your first mistake in any venture, whether that be sports, work, professional life, love life, Mm -hmm. uh, parenting, uh, whatever that is, I think if you can understand that and take that with you, you'll be successful because you're gonna remove the fear it's changing the way you operate. And one other thing, I watched a golf video. This is random, but it kinda it, it makes sense, so just run with me. <laughs> this guy was talking about how at the driving range, it's easy to practice your swing because you're loose. You're relaxed. He said what he likes to do to practice is try to hit golf balls through his wife's van. So he had the van parked about 10 yards away with both doors open. He had a 7-iron. He was hitting balls through the van with a seven iron. He said, this replicates my game day emotions, my fears, my shoulders tense up, uh-huh. my swing tightens. I'm not as loose and fluid as I would be at a driving range. So this helps me replicate what I'm gonna feel on game day. <laughs> and he jokingly said, do this at your own risk. I don't yeah. recommend <laughs> it personally. But he did it a few times, right? And. And I think where it relates here is that same thing, is accepting that you will make mistakes as a leader. It's going to happen. But in order to lead a team, you've got to be the one that makes decisions. And it's okay if you make a mistake. So you can replicate those feelings and get over that fear and and move on.
0: Wow. That was great, Kyle. And with that, how about you're on a roll. Would you like to uh, do your two-minute take? take blah, 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 blah. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Two minute takeaway.
2: <laughs> Two minute takeaway, wow, baby. That
0: took forever to say.
2: You know, today's episode was all about things every team needs to be successful, and we really got on the leader tangent quite a bit here and down the sports road quite a bit. So we appreciate y'all bearing with us, but I think we we had a lot of, a lot of good points here. Rohit, you had mentioned um, certain aspects in leaders begin. as young as four years old and eight years old for a lot of those things From when these programs are created. And Kevin, you had mentioned the way that um, a true leader leads is giving someone autonomy, the ability to make mistakes, so you can have co-leaders, if you will, and not necessarily feel like you always have to crack the whip because that's not always the most successful way to lead. That may work for some people, some individuals, but I think it's key to recognizing how those individuals work, if you're a leader on your team, to ensure that that team um, is gonna be successful. One of the last things we wanna leave you guys with is a really, really, really overused quote, but I love it, and it's really, really relevant right now, is that it takes teamwork to make the dream work, baby. So with that being said, we appreciate y'all tuning in this week. The GYST Podcast. Get your shit together. Tune in again next week for another fantastic episode. And we will see y'all soon.
1: Bye. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to our GYST Podcast. We hope you learned how to get your shit together.